the name above every name. Amen? Praise God. We got one more clap in us for Jesus tonight. Amen? How many love Jesus? Amen. Amen. Tell the person next to you, I'm glad you're here tonight. God's got a word for you. Didn't say that part. Tell them, God's got a word for you. Amen. One, one third of the way through on the fast. Amen. How many are excited? How many are participating and excited about what God is doing, the stretching, the growth, the, the possibilities? Amen. And uh, just, just seeking God's face and praying and, and asking God to do powerful, mighty things. We know without a doubt he's going to do it. Amen. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm telling you, when you're fasting, amazing things happen, and weird things happen too. You ever had weird things happen to you when you're fasting? Like spiritual hallucinations of food? I promise you today, I was in my office at like 3 o'clock, and I, I sent, we have a little fam-bam group on Signal, and there is nobody else within probably a mile of my office right there, and I smelt food. Like someone was cooking inside the office. I smelt food. I mean, it was so distinct. Jimmy even came over. I said, do you smell food in here? And I sent him. I said, that's how the devil works. Amen. But when we're doing it right and fasting and trusting God, those things will come and, those, those, and we, we win those battles. Amen. Drink more water. Trust God. Stick with what you're doing. I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. Amen. Well, I want to continue tonight on this series. And I know that we've always got... Um, things going on and sicknesses happening and everything, but I'm glad you're here tonight. Amen? And God's going to speak to us. And uh, I want to start off before I actually get in. This is a bonus before I get into the, to the second part of this series. How many would like to know a big-time key of whether or not you're growing in the Lord? How many would, would like to know if you're, if you're growing or not? I've got a way for you to know if you're growing, if you're becoming a disciple, if you're if you're getting closer to the Lord, if you're um, stretching yourself. And it is when a message like we're doing during this series of, of a hard message, a difficult message, a strong message comes, what, what uh, Timothy would call, it says, every word is inspired by God and it's inspired to correct, to reprove. And those words are not things that our flesh likes. But when you begin to grow in the Lord and you begin to be discipled, you begin to embrace correction. Amen? And for those that say amen, you're the ones that know you're growing. Because you do. You, it's, not that, it's not that we're just, we're just all the time correcting, but God is going to correct when we need correction. Amen? And when you get to a place where instead of shunning it or, 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 or being mad about it or getting upset about it, you start to embrace it, that's when you can start to know that you're growing. And I'm going to give you that. I'm always going to give you a biblical answer when I tell you something. I don't just say it to say it. Uh, Proverbs 10, 17, and this is in the English Standard Version. Look what this says. Whether, sorry, whoever heeds instruction, and inside of that is, is correction and the Word of God and discipline and whatever the Word's teaching us, is on the path to life. How many are on the path to life tonight? How many want to be on the path to life? But he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Isn't that interesting? So here we are in a series talking about am I a stepping stone? Go and leave that up for a second, please. Am I a stepping stone or am I a stumbling block? And here Solomon tells us in, in the words of wisdom of Proverbs, if we'll, if we'll listen to instruction, we'll heed to instruction, we'll listen to reproof, we're on our path to life. But if we don't, not only are we rejecting the, the instruction, but we will be in a place to lead others astray. So one of the things that will help us to start to head towards being a stepping stone is getting to a place where I understand the power and the healing and the, and the alignment of correction in my life, where the Holy Spirit is constantly working on me to make me who God wants me to be. Amen? How many know you're not where you used to be? You're not where you want to be yet either. We're in a constant, that's what sanctification is, a constant, ongoing path to being like Jesus. Amen? And hopefully today, if you are a believer in this place and you are serving God and you are growing in your faith, every day you're getting more like Jesus. 
And every day you're being less like you used to be. Amen. We talked about that last week. And here's another proverb underlined the same lines. This is just leading into this so that we'll have the right posture. How many know posture is important? Posture is very, very important. Amen. You can take that one down. Posture is, none of us probably have real good posture. You have to keep your back straight and all that. But posture is position. So if we have the right attitude towards a series like this, it'll get us in the right position to receive. Here's another one, Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Inside that knowledge is correction and reproof and learning what the Bible says. And I didn't write this, okay, but look what it says. And he who hates or rejects or doesn't like, what's the opposite of, 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 of hate? Like, right, or love. So I either like it or I hate it. I love it or I hate it. So I either love reproof or I hate it. And he says, he who hates reproof is, you shout it out. Oh, the, all the parents are like, I tell my kids not to say it's in the Bible. And some of you are going to say, well, that's the English Standard Version. Well, I, I, I saw the cloud before it even went up on your head tonight. I'm giving you the easy version. Because the King James says, brutish. If you hate reproof, you're brutish. Has anybody ever called you brutish? I doubt it. And, and good thing, because guess what brutish means? Like an animal. That's actually what brutish means. So I gave you the easy version or the simple version or the nice version when I said stupid, okay? So whoever loves discipline, how many want to love discipline here tonight, right? Loves knowledge. And then he who hates it, hates reproof, is stupid. So let's, let's uh, hand, know how to handle correction and reproof is a sign of our growth in our walk. Father, tonight we ask you to anoint your words for the next few minutes, for every man, every woman, every teenager that's in this place, Lord, bless those that are watching online like Gainesville and Wichita Falls and Fort Worth tonight, Lord, that are still not having Wednesday services. Lord, bless their families. We give a shout out to them and ask that you touch their cities and their families and their walks, Lord. We ask you to open up our hearts tonight, Lord, to receive your word. Lord, we ask you to change us, transform us, and make us who you've called us to be. And devil, we remind you tonight you are defeated and the blood of Jesus is against you and we are victorious in Christ Jesus and we thank you for God's word all the time in Jesus name and everybody shouted so quickly to just hit a few pieces of last week to lead in to this week this is am I a stepping stone or am I a stumbling block and simply is my thought is, and I said, I'm going to say this every week, when we are around people, when people are around us, when we're spending time with people, short time, long time, work, home, family, gas station, neighborhood, school, wherever you are, and people listen to me, and they watch me, and they see my life, and they watch my walk, and they listen to my words, and they see my actions, and then we have that in there, my reactions and the way I carry myself, I should be living my life in a way, those things that I just mentioned, where it makes the people around me that listen and watch me and hear me and see me want to pursue Jesus. Is that clear? Amen? And that would be a st stepping stone. I'm, I'm a stepping stone for somebody coming to Jesus. I am trying my best to be the example in my humanity, to the best of my ability, to be an example to others so that they would not see my faults and not see my mistakes and not see my, my harsh words or my bad actions or my bad attitudes so that that wouldn't be a stumbling block to them seeing Jesus. Because remember, you and I are the only Bibles most people are ever going to read. Do we understand that? That's why this is so important. They're, they've got to see and hear an example in us that would cause them to at least be interested. And then obviously the opposite is being a stumbling block. That's where I am, and, and, and not only am I not leading 
someone to Jesus, but I might be acting, talking, walking, living a certain way where I'm claiming to be a believer. I go to church. People know I belong to a church. I got the sticker on the back of my car. They, they, I, I've told them, I've invited them to church, but now my life maybe is, is in a way where not only are they wanting to be like Christ, they're wanting, wondering if God even exists. That, that should never be, Right? But this is obviously something that we're dealing with because it's reality in a lot of people's lives. So if we're in any way tonight a stumbling block, then our heart needs to begin to change and listen to the word and begin to start saying, God, not only do I want to stop being a stumbling block, but I want to be a stepping stone. And along that stumbling block, remember, uh, sorry, uh, step, stepping stone, uh, the definition there is the means of progress or of advancement or to assist. How many want to be an assistant tonight to other people getting saved? And then the stumbling block is an obstacle to progress, to block, a snare, a trap, an enticement. And then I, lit, I finished off kind of in, well, it was kind of in the middle, but finished off with the thought last week of Peter. I remember when we talked about Peter. We're going to put this verse up in 1623. Peter is getting the high five from Jesus. He's done a great thing. He's recognized that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. He's, he's done everything right. And then not too long later, he has turned from being that to be a stumbling block to Jesus himself. And it says right here in 1623, but he turned and said to Peter, because Peter told him, remember, he actually rebuked Jesus. He actually turned and said, Jesus, this, you can't do this. You can't go to the cross. You're not going to the cross. And so in other words, he was, he was thinking carnally. He was thinking worldly. He did not have the mind of God. And, and Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. So a believer can have, I'm not talking about possession. I'm not talking about being possessed by devils. I'm talking about the devil can use you. The devil can use me to be a stumbling block. And he says, "You here's the key. You are an offense to me. If you look up in the dictionary what offense means, and it's not offense for a game. It's not to be offended by something that's a, a certain belief. This is, the offense is to be a stumbling block. To be something that causes someone to not be able to progress. He says, Peter, you, from, just think about this. This is so amazing. Just a few verses before, and we talked about how we don't really know the time frame. Just a few verses before, he's saying, I'm going to build my church on you. You are the rock. Uh, this, the, the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against this. And so what happened? Did, did God change his mind? No. Peter allowed a wrong spirit to come in him. He must have woke up a few days and not prayed and not read his Bible. He must have stopped and missed a few services. Maybe he didn't take things serious. He, he thought, oh, man, I'm, I, God, Jesus just told me I'm the rock. Now, maybe he got prideful. Whatever it was, just a few verses later, now Satan is speaking through him. And he is an offense to Jesus. And he says, this is the key. You are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So tonight, we're in every day in our lives, amen, we're either mindful of the things of God or mindful of the things of men. We can only be one of those two. We can't be in the middle. There's no middle ground. Amen? The NLT of that verse, you, you can leave it down. The NLT says this. This is what, when he says, you are an offense to me, listen to what it says in the NLT, just this little phrase. He says, you are a dangerous trap to me. That's what the NLT says that, of the same verse. He says, Peter, you are a dangerous trap to me. Now, as I'm reading this, how many can understand why I'm doing this series? Because this is a real thing. This is something that, and it's not like Peter woke up one morning and said, you know what, I, I don't like this, you know, being, being the rock and being the, being the you know, do, be, doing good things. I, I don't like this. I'm going to go the other way. It's not like he woke up one day and said, I, I think I'd rather get rebuked by Jesus. We don't know exactly what happened, but that's why we're doing this series, because the truth is we can be being used by God, and then we can change. Or we can get, as I said last week, to where you begin to start to think, not even think, you begin to become religious. You begin to go through the motions. You know what you're supposed to say. You know what you're supposed to do. When we say Christianese, church, we got to be careful. I was just thinking about this today. 
Just today I was thinking about this. We have to be careful when we talk to people that we don't speak in Christianese. What does that mean? That means something you understand, but someone who doesn't know the Bible doesn't. For example, I'm just going to give an example. I was thinking about this today. I don't know why specifically this verse, probably because it's a very important one, but you could go up to somebody and listen, don't get me wrong. We, we, We need to quote the word. But we need to be able to explain it in a way where people understand it. You can go up to somebody, have you been born again? Now, the Bible says that, but what in the world is that going to mean to somebody? If that's, if that's your opening line, have you been born again? And listen, I, I, I believe 100%. These, we need to get people to a place where they say, I am born again. But just to throw that out there, think about that, what that would mean. That's, that's Christianese to somebody. Uh, they would say, what do you mean when born again? I, I was going to be born once. Right? Y'all following me? We got to get to where this word is in us and we speak it, but we got to be able to explain it. We got to be able to live it. I mean, what is it? What good does it do for me to say you born again if my life's not, if I'm living the right way and I'm a stepping stone, then that question's going to come. What do you mean by that? But I'm just thinking we've got to learn how to speak to people on their level. And reach them where they are. Because how many of those are a whole lot of people out there today that don't know what in the world born again means? We do. And there's a whole lot of words that we use. And so we've got to learn how to not become that, that trap to somebody else. So we're not supposed to be a trap. We're supposed to be a blessing. How many want to be a blessing? A help. A stepping stone. Now Jesus takes this very seriously. We just saw that in this chapter of Matthew Satan, get behind me. Sometimes you need to learn to say, Satan, get behind me. And sometimes that person, obviously we know he was not talking to Peter, but he was talking to the spirit that was attacking Peter. Sometimes we need to tell each other, possibly, Satan, get behind me. And it's not the person, but it's the spirit in him. Amen? we got to get that spirit out the way. And so now we're going to see that it goes even a step further. And, and, and I'm going to get into a lot of stuff during this series. And every week I'm praying and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to, to lead me and to guide me and uh, what, what to say. Because there's, there's actually a lot. And for, for example, I've, I've already have two kind of like two sets of notes that I have ready for this series that I haven't preached yet. Stories that I've read that I thought, okay, this is perfect for this. And then I haven't used it yet. And I don't even know if I'll get to it. So I'm trying to let the Holy Spirit lead me to get you to understand this. Now, I just need to know this before I go on. How many can, don't raise it yet, how many can raise their hands tonight and say, Pastor, I understand the direction you're going with this series. Don't do it to appease me, but let me know if you understand the direction I'm going. Let me see your your hand. Okay, at least there's a majority. I'm trying to make it as simple as I can, right? And so, but we see here, if I had to take just this story and we just dissect this story over and over again with, Matthew, with Peter, we see it's a problem. But again, I want to say this again, probably for the fifth time already, we got to understand that the devil, last time I checked and read the Bible, the devil has a lot of, of ways and schemes and wiles, the Bible says. And he's been doing this a long time. So he has a lot of ways to come in, and uh, it goes all the way back to Genesis, where he can look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, and he can deceive, and he can come in, and he can be hanging out and not even know, not even know he's there if we're not careful. And so we've got to get to the place where I said a second ago, where we're not being religious, and we're not just, and listen, there's, a, there's, a, there's something that happens. There's a goodness and a, and a powerful thing about saying, no matter what, I'm going to be at church. I'm not missing. I know I need to be there. That's great. But it's not enough to be here physically. That's great to be here physically. But if you don't show up spiritually, you don't show up mentally, then you're just checking a box and nothing's ever going to change. God needs this. He needs our hearts. Amen. He doesn't want our garments. He doesn't want how it looks on the outside. He wants our hearts. He wants the core of who we are. And he wants us to, he wants us to be like him. This cost Jesus everything. How many believe that tonight? I read that last week. This cost him everything. And so we need to surrender like never before. And sometimes when, when we're, we receive a word that's strong and comes against us hard, we've got to just take it on the chest and say, Lord, that's for me. Thank you for that. 
And you know, I was thinking about this too. I didn't say it last week. This is one of those messages. If the shoe fits, put it on. Put it on. If it doesn't, don't put it on. Not every message ever preached is for every single person. Again, I hope and pray that this is just a preventive thing. I hope this is a maintenance thing. I hope this is a series that is just to keep us from becoming stumbling blocks. I hope in the name of Jesus, nobody in here is one. But what if every one of us are? And we're not being the stepping stones that we could be. And some might say, well, we've been seeing God really move. Well, what if God really wants to move more? A whole lot more than he is. So we got to get out the way of being a stumbling block and become the stepping stone that God can walk over and walk through and use. Amen? So we have to have the attitude. I'm not going to talk about it in Scripture tonight, but I want you to keep in your minds the story of the disciples that I mentioned last week. Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. Remember that? And, and then what happened? All of the disciples began to say, Lord, is it me? That's the kind of attitude that I believe God is looking for of someone who's growing in the Lord. You're saying, Lord, is this for me? And then, and then the one person that it wasn't for was the one that didn't say it. And he's the one that ended up uh, betraying Jesus. So Matthew chapter 18, this is, somebody tell someone next to you, this is strong. This is really strong. Okay, but I didn't write it, I'm just reading it. Matthew 18, verse 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and just leave this up for a second. And he was drowned in the depth of the sea. Now, he's talking specifically in a lot of generality about kids because just, they just asked him, how can you enter the kingdom? Who's the greatest, they said before in the verses before. And he's trying to show them that you have to have a, a childlike heart. But I want to kind of hit along there at the same time that you know, I got grandkids now. I'm remembering again that children aren't the greatest like examples. I mean, children can be kind of rotten too, right? Right? And as you, right? And as you get older, and so they're not perfect, but he's saying in the sense of humility, he's saying, in the, you know, don't look at the, the negative parts, but understand that he's saying, you've got to become like a child and take my word like a child. Now that, I can tell you, is pretty amazing when you get around your little kids. The songs that they sing, the things that they recite, and the things you say that they say, right? And you got to really watch what you're saying because they're going to repeat it. So now we're saying, we're seeing here that it is a possibility that someone could stumble because, or, or stop, or not believe in Jesus because of me. And it says it would be better for that millstone to be hung around his neck. Now watch the next verse. Woe to the world because of offenses or stumbling blocks. For offenses or stumbling blocks must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. Amen? That's why we've got to say, Lord, is, is it me? Is it I? And then if your hand, he says, so this is serious. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet, leave this just up for just a second, to be cast into the everlasting fire. This, this, is, this, is, this is not what Jesus wants. Jesus, doesn't want, Jesus isn't going around looking where he can tie millstones. He's trying to get us to understand that we need to take this as serious as he does. Amen? How many know this is serious business? This, I can't stress that enough. We, we understand God's grace, and we thank God. If it wasn't for God's grace, we wouldn't even be alive. But now that we have received this amazing gift of God's grace, what are we doing with it? How are we carrying ourselves? That's what this, this message is. This is the dentist office. This is the colonoscopy. This is the alignment at the car place. This is this painful. This is going to hurt some. But then it's going to get better. It's going to make sure that everything's working correctly and your, your, your root canal's fixed and your dent, you're not going to get cavities. And this is painful sometimes because we need to understand Jesus takes this serious. 
And I don't think we take it serious enough. Amen? Amen? So I was raised in the generation where, listen, there was a lot wrong, but there was a whole lot right, too. In the sense of when I say that in the church generation, I was raised where they talked about sin. They talked about uh, living a holy life. They put the fear of God in you. We need that. But see, now today, now the pendulum has switched to the other side. And all anybody ever wants to talk about is grace and freedom and, and all those other things. And they have forgotten the seriousness of God. How many would like to just be right in the middle and have a good balance? Balance is everything. So we have to understand this is not the only verse that Jesus said, if your hand causes it to sin, cut it off. It's not the only verse. He says it several times. And so we have to understand what, th what this means. You can go ahead and take it down now. Is that he says, if something is, is, is causing you to do the wrong thing, get serious about it. Get serious about it. We talk about, for a generic example, like we talk about with men's discipleship, if you have a problem with pornography and you can't stop looking at naked women, then stop get looking at your computer. Throw your computer away if you have to. Get rid of it. If you can't handle those things, then get rid of all the social media. Whatever. That's what he's trying to say. Do whatever you got to do. That may sound radical. That's what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Whatever sin is causing you that way, cut it off. It says, get rid of it. Get out of your life because it's going to cause major, major problem. problems. Some things that I'm not going to get into tonight, but I'm just going to throw out right now, and I probably will during this and not only this, is some areas. You know, I think about when I start, talked about uh, the beginning, going back to my first, my first phrase. It said, when people are around me and they spend time with me, they listen to me. Okay. We, we, we have two ears and one mouth, so we do a lot of listening, and we're supposed to do more listening than we do talking. But when we are talking, what are we saying? What is coming out of our mouths that other people are hearing? And some areas that you can start to go read on, because the Bible talks about these, is gossip. Gossip. Slander. Coarse joking. Amen? Oh, it got quiet. You could drop a pin in here right now. So when you're talking, I remember years ago, I got, the, I, I got a great revelation from Pastor Jones. I'd heard slander a million times in, in a row, and, and he reminded us that slander is, is you could be telling the truth about somebody. You're saying the truth about them, but you're saying with the intent to hurt their character. That's slander. So we think sometimes we're just telling, you know, telling about somebody and telling it how it is, and so Coarse joking. Why are we laughing at things that should not be laughed at? Are we saying jokes that we should not say? These are things that we we used to do. We used to be those people. We used to say those things, but now we shouldn't be saying those things. If they were funny before, they're not funny now, because they're they're not good things. And and another one is inappropriate talk. How many know there's an appropriate and inappropriate way to do everything? There are appropriate and inappropriate relationships. In churches, you, we, we try our best to teach our leaders and teach our people that when you're talking to someone of the opposite sex, you should have somebody else around. You should never do that alone. Ever. Because you're putting yourself in a, in a bad position. We don't, as men and women, we don't pray for each other. Men pray for men and women. And I'm not talking about the pastors. I'm talking about individual. We, 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 we pray, women pray for women. Men pray for men. Why? Because it's appropriate. You, if you're a man, you have no business talking to my wife about anything. Amen? Without me there. Man to woman. That's not appropriate. So there's a lot of things and a lot of situations and a lot of positions that we can be put in that we've got to work on. Can I get an amen? I guess I will move on from here. So last week we talked about really knowing Jesus. How many want to really, really know Jesus? Not just know about him, but know him. Know him. Know his heart. Know his heartbeat. Know what his word says. And have a relationship with him. So many people today, even possibly in this place, you're good at, again, coming to church and doing the right thing and, and doing, checking all the boxes, but, but maybe your relationship isn't real. Maybe, maybe it's just a head knowledge. 
And, 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 and like I said on Sunday, the harvest isn't something you even think about because you've just gotten so good at just being at church. That should never be. Can I get an amen? If God's heart is the harvest, my heart should be the harvest. If, if that hurts Jesus, then it hurts me. Have a relationship with him. So I want to I read something that I think is in, in the Bible. 1 John chapter 2, if you want to go there, is actually a really good test. I know we don't like tests. I know. I know some of us are out of school. We don't want any more tests. But how many have realized tests never end? No matter how old you get, you're going to have tests. God is going to test us. You know what? Truly, life is a test. Has anybody figured that? I was walking one day and just praying, and I said, Lord, help me pass this test. This, is a te- this life is a test. Our entire life is a test. So we better get used to them. At least embrace them. If you don't like them, at least embrace them. But here's, I, I, like, to know, uh, I like to know how I'm doing. With my wife and our marriage, I like to know how I'm doing. I like to know how I'm doing as a pastor. I like to know how I'm doing as a father. I want to know. If I'm doing wrong, if I'm going the wrong direction, tell me. I don't want to, I don't want to be so far gone I can't turn around. I don't want to be so far gone I can't fix it. That's where communication comes in. So there's a test tonight how we can know our walk with Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. Let me ask you a question. Do y'all believe in here that we can, we can live a life that, that's, that doesn't have sin in it? Do you believe that? Some of you don't believe it. Why would he say that you may not sin if we can't do it? You know what happens when we hear that? Let me tell you what happens in our minds. But everybody sins. We all make mistakes. Yeah, of course. That's, that's the thank you, Captain Obvious. Right? We know that. We have a sin nature. But the Bible, and this is a whole other whole subject, a whole other message, the Bible tells us that we are no longer ourselves. That now I am a child of God. The Bible says I am hidden in Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And so if I'm really in relationship with Christ, then I can live a life where I don't do what I used to do. The obvious moments where we get upset and we make a mistake, we say something, we think, those are obvious things. I'm talking about a life of sin. Doing things today that we all know we shouldn't do and we still do them. He says, I I, uh, write to you so you may not sin. Now watch this. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself... Somebody shout this out with me. Is the, say that with me, pro. I love love that word, but it's so hard to say. Propitiation, right? Does that sound right? Did I do that right? Propitiation. Come on, shout it out. And their house is on the propitiation. Propitiation. You know what that means? That means that suffices God. That means he took our place. He took our place. And not only for ours, but for the whole world. He took our place. He, he became, like 2 Corinthians 5, he became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. Now, by this, we know. How many want to know? How many want to know how you're doing with God? By this, we know, K-N-O-W, that we know him. So we can know that we know that we know. What is it? If we keep his commandments. It's funny because there's a lot of preachers today and a lot of believers and a lot of church people that say, we're not under the law anymore and we don't have to keep no commandments and we don't have to do those things. We're free in Jesus. They make up all these excuses. We still have to keep his commandments. His commandments were there for a reason. Okay? Stay with me. Read on. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a Amen. Everybody whistle if you can. Okay, this is a test. Talk is cheap. 
I can say it all. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. But I don't keep his commandments. I don't do I'm not talking about the mistakes, everyone, the, the things that are human. I'm talking about we know what's right. We know what we're supposed to do. He says, and he's a liar. I don't want God calling me a liar. And the truth is not in him. Amen? But whoever keeps his word, how many would agree that we can try our very best tonight? on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, to keep his word. Amen? That's why we need to read it every day. It needs to stay fresh. Truly, it says, the love of God is perfected in him. So I've got to keep his word. We do it as human beings. They've told me they're sorry 25 times. I don't believe him anymore. Well, how do you think God feels? They tell me and tell me and tell me. I just want them to believe it and do it. I just want them to stop doing those things they used to do and change and be like me because I paid the ultimate price. That's the job. That's the call we have. No matter how this modern-day church tries to put it out, we still have to walk our walk out. Can I get an amen? Truly, the love of God is perfect. But this we know, by this we know, we're in him. So one more time, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Church, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but you can't keep his word if you don't read it. You can't keep his word if you don't know it. You have an excuse for a little while. Babies at some point are going to stop pooping their diapers. They're going to stop peeing their diapers. They're going to stop drinking a bottle. They're going to start crawling. They're going to start walking. Christians at some point got to stop pooping in their diapers, got to stop peeing in their diapers. They got to start crawling and they got to start walking and they got to start walking like a believer. Amen. Who knows the word of God, but we got to read it. They can't read us if we don't read it. Stop right there for just a second while we're in the operating table and just think. Now, I hope, I really hope at least this month, these 10 days, you've been reading your Bible quite a bit. We're in a fast. It's the beginning of the year. It's not July. I hope. All I can do is hope. Amen? Y'all love me? All right. I'm going to preach it whether you love me or not. Amen. These are things that, you know, hopefully 10 days into the new year, we'll be doing. And hopefully we'll continue. But if we're not doing it right now, if you haven't laid some things down and picked up your Bible, when are you going to do it? And how are you going to abide in it if you don't know what it says? Like I said, you can get away for a little while. I didn't know it said that. There's a lot in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in there that we don't know. But once you start to know it, then you got to start to be accountable for it. And, and that's how we're going to get to this place. Keep his word. What's the Bible said? I didn't sin against his word because I have his word in my heart. Truly, the love of God is perfected. Let's go on to the next one. He who says he abides in him is the test. Ought, leave this here for just a second because this is going to be kind of the ending here. Ought himself to walk. Just as he walked. That's not how many inches between his steps were. No, that's the way he carried himself. Amen? I'm thinking about working on a message, how's your walk? Not how's your sprint. How's your, how's your jog? It's a walk. Amen? A walk. It take, because walking is something that lasts. Jogging and sprinting, you'll have to stop at some point. But you can't ever stop walking. Amen? Maybe tonight some of you have gotten out the gate and one of the things you need to stop doing is sprinting. Maybe you've already ran out of breath. Maybe you're trying to jog this walk. It's a walk. And you've got to find in your life some things. And listen, I'm talking to you from 30 years of experience. I'm still trying to figure out my walk. In other words, I'm still trying to be the most consistent version I can of being like Jesus after 30 years. you got to find some ways that to what you're doing and, and what you're not doing and all those things to where it's going to last. 
Right? What I mean by that is you can't do the New Year's resolutions all the time. Because New Year's resolutions don't work. They're good for a few days, a few weeks, but they don't last. You've got to find some things in your daily walk. When you can pray, when you can read the Word of God, you got kids, you got work, you got jobs, you got... But listen, there's 24 hours in a day. You've got to find space in there to read the Bible and spend time with God and witness and make time to... All those things takes work. But you've got to figure it out. And there's a way. And once you figure it out, you're going to say, okay, I can sustain this. I can do this every single day. Because if you don't, you're going to fizzle out. You're going to run. You're going to sprint. You're going to fall. The jog's going to stop. We've got to walk. So he says we ought to walk as how? Jesus walked. How did he walk? Well, his Bible, his word tells us. Somebody say amen. Watch the next verse. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have, we see this in John as well, John chapter 13, which you have had from the beginning. All Paul and, and John and Peter are doing here in these Gospels are re- reiterating what Jesus said. He says, you have an, you've heard this from the beginning. The old commandment is the word you heard from the beginning. Tell someone next to you, it's not that hard. The Gospel's simple. It is. It's not that hard. Again. So he's like, I gotta, I gotta slow this down. A new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Now watch this. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness till now. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother. Some of you in here would say, I don't hate nobody. You don't, might not hate anybody. You might with the feeling of hatred. But if you're being a stumbling block, you hate them. You don't love them. If you love them, you'd be, a, you'd be a stepping stone. You'd care that I might be saying something, doing something, thinking something, acting a certain way that would cause somebody to not follow Jesus. Amen? Verse 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no, watch this, here's the whole series. Here, there is no cause for stumbling, leave this up for a second, in him. Church, you have to learn how to love people. That's what, you, I, don't, I don't, how many know somebody? I don't need church, I watch online. I don't need to go to no church where all those hypocrites are. I don't, we, you ain't nowhere in the Bible. We got to go to church. They didn't go to church. Why do you think God made this? Why do you think God made this? For this reason. So we have to come together and get around each other and figure it out. This is not just the equipping and the learning. And This is us figuring it out. Test, he's testing us. Can my believers... My followers get together in the same room for two hours and love each other. Oh, I'm preaching way better than your amen. That's all right. It's okay. That's the test. Can my believers get around each other? I know the world can't, but can my people who are called by my name gather together and love each other and think about each other and walk in unity and and I, was, I sent out a devotional today of, of, of how Jesus said, I and the Father are one, and now I, I want them to be one with us. Isn't that amazing that Jesus would want to be one with us? So it's a test. So if you don't have the right attitude tonight, and you hate your brother, or you're a stumbling block to your brother, or you don't care what you say, you don't care what you think, and all these things, then you need to get an attitude adjustment. Let the Holy Spirit change you and get your heart right so that there's no cause for stumbling in you or me. Verse 11, the musicians, you can begin to come. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Amen. Amen. Got to love each other. 
And not only love each other, we got to say, how can I, how can I be the best example to the person around me so that they want to serve God too? We're encouraging each other and challenging each other and holding each other accountable. That's another thing that today, this, this size church is God's will because we know each other mostly and we can talk to each other and we can be accountable. But today's mega church of thousands and thousands of people, nobody knows nobody. And the truth is most people that go to those churches, not at all, but most don't want anybody to know them because they want to check the box. They want to have a, Philippians says, a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. If that can happen in a big church, it can happen in a smaller church too. Amen? So last verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. I mentioned this kind of at the end of the altar call. Are my musicians coming? All right. I still got to learn to play the piano. I can hold this down, though. Make a joyful noise. That's right. Examine yourselves. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Did I not have it in there? Okay. So appreciate these people back there. I wouldn't want to do that. Thank God for the faithfulness. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Amen? How often? All the time. All the time. Healthy people go to the doctor and get checked out. Not, not, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm sick. No, blood and this and that because they don't want to be sick. You start getting to where you're 40 and up. You got to go to the doctor and get examined because at those ages start stuff starts to happen in people's bodies that can become cancerous and problematic and so you go and you get an exam but a lot of times you don't want to go because you don't want to know what you might have sometimes that's how it is as believers we don't examine ourselves because we don't want to know what we have but if we're exam but if you go every five years there's a pretty big chance you're going to get a bad report but if you go every year, you might be able to control that. So the same thing happens. We need to examine ourselves frequently. I would say daily, even hourly. Lord, because as we saw in the story, a lot can happen in a very short amount of time. Right? It doesn't take very long. I don't know how much time passed from when Peter cut the guy's ear off to when he was denying Jesus three times. Boy, poor Peter. He gets a lot of glory, but he made a lot of mistakes too, didn't he? We should learn from Peter. I wish I, wish I could hand the microphone to Peter tonight. But I don't have to because it's in the Bible. His words are in there. He was the one that was getting rebuked by Jesus. To, as whether you're in the faith, test yourselves. Test yourselves. Look in the mirror. Who, who am I? What am I doing? Am I being a godly person? If, how many believe tonight if you ask God, he'll tell you? If you would be honest and say, Lord, I need you to show me. Please show me if there's anything in my life that's not pleasing. He'll show you. And he's going to do it in an amazingly loving way. Just like I'm trying to. I'm trying to show you this in love. And, and again, this is, this is just a yearly exam. This is just an exam. To, this, this doesn't mean that I, I'm, I'm coming down on you or that there may be even, like I said, nobody in this place that is. I hope that's the case. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Father, you are in us tonight. Jesus, you live in us. In you we live and move and have our being, Father. And tonight I thank you for your presence, your power, your love, your strength, your anointing, your peace, your conviction, your comfort. Everything we need, we have tonight, God. And if we don't, we think we, don't, we have it, Lord, we're calling you a liar. You've given us everything we need. We have the written word. We have the Holy Spirit. 
We have the words of God in our lives today. Father, help us tonight to be stepping stones. Help us to have a heart for the lost, a compassion for the hurting, a heart that beats with your beat, a heart that feels your pain and your love and your your need for this world to know that you died on the cross for their sins, Jesus. Oh, Lord, tonight, as the, as the disciples said in that last supper, I say, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Lord, is there anything in my life? Am I, in, if I, am I even close to taking a step in the wrong direction? Lord, God, keep your word in my heart. Keep your word in my mouth. Keep your actions in my life. Lord, let your spirit guide me tonight. Lord, our hearts tonight are rendered unto you. We want to know you, Lord, and you're telling us in your word we've got to learn to love people. We've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to know when to be quiet. We've got to learn, Lord Jesus, to learn from each other's mistakes and watch out for each other so we can see the harvest that you have for us tonight, God. Tonight, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, people are watching online, listening online. People are maybe out, not, they're not even looking at the service tonight. They're just they're in, a, in a bad place. Holy Spirit, work on them tonight. Work on those that aren't here and that aren't watching tonight. Those that are, that are already going the wrong direction, Father. They're in a dangerous place. I just pray for them tonight. I just have a heavy heart, God, for those that have tasted and known your goodness. And now they've been deceived, Father. And they're going the wrong direction. As some of us in here tonight were. But by your grace and your mercy, you've brought us back. You're always wooing us and calling us and drawing us and asking us to come home like that prodigal son. Lord, tonight, let people come home. Let people find this tonight, Lord, online or listen on the podcast that need to get their life right with Jesus. Tonight, if you're here in this place, this is a series where we need to be honest with God. We need to be honest in our hearts. How many in this place, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. He's just a head knowledge to you. You know of Him, but you don't know Him. You've never put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for you. And tonight, something in your spirit is telling you, you need to be saved. You need to put your faith in Him. You need to change. How many all over could say, Pastor, that's me. Just lift up your hand. And put it right back down and say, I pray for me. I see your hand. God bless you, brother. How many more? How many? All over. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? I believe there's some watching tonight online, listening right now, and that you're going to get a chance tonight to, for your life to change. Been praying this month, Lord, transformation. Transformation for those who have given their lives to you, but they haven't changed yet. Transformation. Lord, Lord, restoration for those who've lost things and need to get stuff back. Lord, conversion for those who've never been saved and never been born again and never tasted the goodness of God. Save them, Jesus. Save them, Jesus. Church, our church needs converts. Our church needs converts. We need conversions. We need people to come out of darkness into the light tonight. And that's not going to happen unless we live examples in our lives. It's not going to happen if we don't do what we're supposed to do. Let's stand all over this place. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you are in a backslidden place. There's been times over the years, just stay in this attitude of prayer, please. I don't sense this at this moment, thank the Lord. There's been times I've been in, in altar calls and I've said to the church, somebody here right now, I've felt it so strong, somebody right now is in so much danger in their walk. If you don't change tonight, you walk out of these doors, you're in trouble. I thank God that right now at this moment, I don't feel that in my spirit. It's a bad feeling. And then to know who that person is in my spirit and then see him stand there like a brick wall and not change. Knowing in my spirit that God spoke to me. No one else knew who I was talking to, but I knew who I was talking to. I don't sense that tonight, thank God. It's a horrible feeling when they stand there and don't move. Do not ever let yourself get to a place where you're not sensitive to the Word of God, to the pulling of the Holy Spirit.
to the tugging of the Holy Spirit, to the nudging of the Holy Spirit, to the push of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's why I said in the very beginning, when you're, when you're walking right, you embrace correction because correction brings discipline. And discipline, as that verse says, brings life. Can you put that first verse back up one more time? I know it's been a kind of hard, straightforward message, but let's go back to the first verse. God wants us to be on a path to life. Life. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life, and life more abundantly. So if I heed to his instruction, if I heed to his reproof, if I say, thank you, Lord, thank you for that. That hurt, but thank you. Didn't even realize I was thinking that way or doing that. If, you're, if your heart's right, he'll speak. Listen, don't, don't feel bad if you come to this altar every service and weep and cry. Crying is a good thing. Weeping is a good thing. Being broken is a good thing. Some, some of you need to have a brokenness in your life, a breakthrough. You need to cry again. Feel bad for the sins. Feel bad for the things you've done. Go back to those places. I, I'm sometimes praying and stuff and saying, God, and I know I don't have to do this, but I do it. Lord, I'm sorry for those things I did. I know it's under the blood, but, and, I know, and I know I'm forgiven, but I'm still sorry. Does that make sense? I just want them to know I'm, I wish I wouldn't have done those things. I'm sorry, Lord, that I hurt you. And I know he would say, that's under the blood. I don't know what you're talking about. But my heart is, I'm sorry, Lord. And if you keep that attitude of repentance, repentance brings revival. And it brings life. So we won't be the ones to reject it. We'll be the ones to say, Lord, is it me? That's what I want you to do this whole month on these Wednesday nights. Not just Wednesday, of course, but especially during this series. Lord, speak to me. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to cause someone to fall. I don't want to be a snare. I don't want to be a problem. I want to be a blessing. When my name is spoken, if, it's, if I'm being talked about, it's good things. Amen? So tonight, if you raised your hand or you lifted your hand, you said, I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's the third time. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but right now, you want to give Jesus a chance to change your life because he's the only one that can if you just would step out to that nearest aisle, come down here. I want to pray with you. You raised your hand. Just quickly come. Just quickly step out. Amen. We're going to pray for you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on down here, buddy. Thank you. Nick, come with him. Amen. You can just stay facing me. You don't have to look back at them. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Maybe you've never made a public confession of your faith. Maybe you just need to say, man, I, I got, I'm, 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 I'm hard-hearted right now. When we open these altars, if you're hard-hearted, soften your heart. Soften your heart tonight, amen? Let them mold you. Let them break you. Let them burden you. Let them change you tonight, Amen? Let them make a difference tonight. Let's, let's say this. People are watching online. People are listening on the podcast. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I fall short of your glory. I'm not worthy of heaven. But you say I am because you love me. You sent God from heaven in an earthly body. And you took my pain, my sin, and my suffering on your back, on the cross, for my sins. And then you rose from the dead so I could have eternal life. I believe in my heart that you are who you say you are. And I ask you to change me tonight. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, wash me clean with your precious blood. Transform me and make me a new creation, a new person with a new heart. Please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life.
in Jesus' name. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Amen. Amen. Come on, the Bible says the angels of God are rejoicing in heaven over one soul tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The altars are open. Would you just begin to come? As we begin to sing, just begin to pray, begin to talk to God in your own words tonight from your heart. Just begin to talk to Him. What, let, let this message resonate. Let this message simmer. Let this message get a hold of you. Amen. Come on. Come find a place to pray. Come find a place to talk to God. Is it I, Lord?